Welcome to the Happy Holy Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, a doctor of traditional naturopathy and certified brain health professional. Now, those of you that know Happy Holy You, you know that we are all about health and well-being, and we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Happy Who You podcast. And today I have my co-host Heather Laganelli with me. And today we are going to be interviewing Sam Pena. And he is a leadership coach, a visionary leader, and has over 20 years of experience. And he specializes in working with food manufacturing industry. But don't get me wrong, he is going to have some amazing leadership tips for you. So get your pen and paper out. He also has a prestigious certification through John Mac. Maxwell certification. And he also in 2016 became a certified Six Sigma black belt, which is pretty impressive. So get ready to learn something new and be able to lead in your personal and professional life with Sam Pena. Here we go. Hello, hello. We're here with Sam Pena and Dr. Anna Marie Frank, and I'm Heather Laganelli, and we are here to talk about relationship building. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm doing great. I'm excited to see where this conversation takes us because how we relate to each other is literally everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. <laughs> So we want to talk to Sam today because he is a leadership coach and he has done some extensive work over the last 20 years in developing relationships and in a professional setting and in a personal setting. And he had done a workshop on developing relationships with employees. And we just wanted to kind of like pick your brain and talk to you a little bit about some of the fundamentals of relationship building. Sure. Yeah. I I had the privilege to to present a workshop at uh, United Way. And I was coming up with many topics to, to see how I can contribute to leaders in the organizations. And I thought, you know, we don't set ourselves around building relationships with our, our employees that much. So I thought of some secrets that something that a title that would kind of attract people to go to the workshop. And it was titled Secrets to Building Relationships. And the max capacity for the workshop was 40, 40 people. And I had 67. They were all around the wall, standing up. I didn't even have enough flyers to go around. So I said to myself, okay, I have to deliver now, right? But it was so interesting that there were so many people that were so attracted to finding the secrets to building the relationships with their employees. Dr. Anne-Marie has also seen that through leadership development and workshops that she's facilitated. And 
reaching out to the community to figure out what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. Some of the ones that have gotten the most traction have been management and leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset is, yeah, that's like the big piece is the mindset. And if your leaders don't have really an influential mindset in a way where they're considering having compassion and the relationships of what you're like, what you're talking about, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's everything. Just because you're in a position of quote unquote leading or managing doesn't mean that you're a great leader and a great leader is going to have these relationships. Yeah. I mean, you guys know it's all about relationships. Why are we sitting here recording this podcast? It's due to the relationships. So I'm excited to hear your your secrets, <laughs> your nuggets to these yeah. um, relationships because anyone listening you know, even if you're not, if you quote unquote, think you're not a leader or you're not in business or what, or whatnot, these tips and these secrets are going to help you in your personal life as well as your professional life. And I think that we have to remember that, you know, it's, it's all of our relationships. It's not just some people think, well, just at work or, oh, well, that's just when I go home. It's like, no, how you do one thing, Heather is how you you do do everything, everything. Everything. Yeah. How you do one thing to some regard is how you do everything. And Mm -hmm. that's something that we've learned through some work that I've done with Clemmer, Mm -hmm. a self-development organization. It's a big thing that they push and something that I was not really that aware of until I started to open my eyes up to what that looked like. Yeah. Yeah. And breaking those habits and figuring out ways to like stand behind what, how I show up. Yeah. Yeah. And leadership. Yeah. It looks lots of ways. It could be with your children. It could be with your husband. I mean, there's so many different types of leadership styles and like scenarios. Yeah. And I mean, the whole thing is how do we all communicate? We all communicate (laughs) based on how we were brought up. And if you were brought up, like, for example, in a family that whoever got to the highest octave won the conversation. I mean, that's no way to show up in a professional setting. It's no way to show up in a relationship. It's going to affect you the rest of your life. So I think that, you know, all levels and do we have leadership? I mean, communicate, really it's communication and in schools, you know, that's like a, we were just talking about Heather, what's the grade that we give our kids, you know, in school for uh, communication, networking, or there's no grades, right? Yeah. But we could, I could see ourselves observing kids during lunch recess, right? And seeing, wow, this, this kid's a good communicator and we're not grading them for that. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. And I think, you know, relationship to you guys' point, it's everywhere, right? And so these secrets, so secret number one, write it down. Are you ready? <laughs> the truth will set you free. And what I mean by that is your truth and your employee's truth is the fact in my eyes. Instead of us trying to assume by our assessment, observation of our employees, how they see themselves or how they see their their job, what they do every day, we fail to ask them. We fail to set the safe settings to ask them, what is your truth? What, how, how are you doing at work? What do you like at work? What do you not like at work? And so the truth is always going to set us free if we just remove all the assumptions and guesses and just go straight and ask our employees. And one of the biggest things for the leaders that I coach is that it's creating that one-on-one settings, that one-on-one settings with 
with your employees is so key. And that right there is systematic because if, if you have to, Anna Marie's point, you get promoted. I have no idea how to, how to lead my team or influence my team. What do I do? We're not being taught that. We're pretty much promoted based on how much we know. Let me jump in here. Yeah. Or you're promoted based on your years. That's the other thing is, is there is, I know in terms of the public sector school systems, you know, you earn tenure or you've been here this many years or, you know, certified versus classified staff in the school systems. Well, you can apply for a position, but it's who has seniority. Mm-hmm. And I think that model is failing big time yeah. because it's it should be, you know, not just how many years to have you shown up at this job that... Of course, most people, you know, I'll use a school system because I worked in a school system for 18 years, but, you know, you get tenure, it takes a lot to get fired, right? Yeah, yeah. So just because you showed up and were breathing, you know, like, oh, so you should be promoted over somebody else. So yeah. I think that, time. yeah, time to your point, it's like, it's incredible how that happens. I know in the private sector, like Heather, at your job, you know, you would never, right? Our level of like, what we look for in indicators of promotion would be a little bit different. It would be based on productivity, commitment, drive, connection, dedication, contri- contribution to the team, people that have the best interests of the business in mind. Mm-hmm. Those are factors. That's a great list, but how many... How many of those on your list is good enough to promote? Well, I think it's just showing up. Like for us, like what we what we look for is people that show up and show up with a good attitude that mm-hmm. they maybe are connectors, people who collect, you know, relationships. They build relationships within the team to create like a better work environment. Those would be factors for a promotion for me. And sometimes you can't even see that skill set until they're in that position. Right. One thing that I do with my employees is one, every month we have like a one-on-one, but the other thing is I have, this was just given to me by another, again, relationships and another amazing woman in the community who I didn't even know, like half the resources she has. And I'm like, so excited. And so her name's Diane McFadden and she is with Apple one. And she gave me this annual stay interview. So all of my girls, I have them right now. I have in front of me this annual stay interview. So this is where I get to really know my girls even more so from our one-on-one. So like one example is what has been the highlight of the year so far, right? We're in November. What's the highlight of the year? And then another one is if you won the lottery and you didn't work anymore, what would you miss the most about your job? Another one is what keeps you working here? Another question was, think back to a time when you have been at least slightly frustrated or anxious at your job. What were the factors that most contributed to that frustration? And then the next question was, what eventually happened to lower the frustration? And then what support or feedback can we provide? And then there's another question I think is really good. Have you ever thought about leaving? If you have, what was it that made you consider that? And why would you why did you decide to still stay? And then what would you like to accomplish in your career that you aren't sure you would be able to accomplish here? That was a really good question on this on this list. And then it goes on. But this has been really eye-opening and it's been great because I can pat myself on the back with some things. And then there's some other things I'm like, oh, interesting. Like that would have never even crossed my mind. 
I didn't realize that they struggled with this. And it's just, this has been a really great opportunity to learn about my team and yeah. create those relationships. What questions. They're questions, right? Yeah. The questions trigger us to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we're focused on something else. Oh, am I in trouble? Right. I'm having this one-on-one. I hope I'm doing good. Right. <laughs> what is this now, you know, one-on-one going to look at like? So these questions help us trigger. And I don't yeah. think we do enough of that to, to understand the truth of, of an employee or anyone that we're yeah. trying to build a relationship with. And that mindset right there, am I in trouble? What's interesting is when I worked for the school system and I had to ever have a meeting with a superior, my initial go-to reaction was, am I in trouble? Even though I knew I did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. right? But the, that stems from childhood. That stems from communication. Right. Oh, yeah. when the moment you get to talk to the person, quote unquote, who's in charge, most likely you're in trouble, right? Or you did something good. Like it could be for a raise. It could be for a promotion. It could be like, hey, I recognize your efforts. Yeah. It's one of, it's one extreme or the other. It's not just like, let's but where your shit. mind goes yeah. to, where your mind goes to, I think is dependent on how you were either praised or not when you were younger, right? If it was always a competition in your household or some, or you were always messing up, I would guess that when you go into adulthood, no matter who's leading you, your initial reaction could be that until maybe you find a leader that you know that you have that relationship with, that you are close with. And so you know, going in there that, oh yeah, they need to talk to me. I wonder what's up. Yeah. Those are those thoughts that come up and we have to identify for me, what I like to identify when those thoughts come up, is it subconsciously or consciously? And most of the time, if it's something that's programmed from childhood, Mm -hmm. it's subconsciously. (laughs) So if we see that come up, right, our mind is going this way. So that's already created as far as with all our thoughts that we're generating. And we're architecting what? We're architecting our story, Mm -hmm. our meaning, why we're sitting down over here with Anna Marie. What is she going to tell me? Am I doing good or whatever the case may be? Or how am I going to tell her that I need vacation for next week? Like, it's just a blur and you can't even <laughs> listen to what Anna Marie is telling me, right? Because how am I supposed to tell her I need the day off tomorrow? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, a lot of things. Huh? And I think too, like, because I've had the joy of interviewing or not interviewing, but working with a lot of Heather's employees. Mm. And, you know, one of my, one of the things Happy Whole You is, is we go into organizations and we do, it's not only leadership training, but it's mindset training, right? To get the employee to kind of show up and own where they're at in their life. And it was interesting because with one of the employees that I interviewed, or interviewed, I keep saying interviewed, worked with, right, for your team, one of the responses was, I needed, I need to make more money. So I went and got another job, but leaving the position to go to a whole nother company. And my response was, that's, that's very interesting to her. And I said, did your boss know this? And her response was, well, no, because there was a lot going on and I didn't know if I could say anything and it like, it was this whole story and we talk about stories, but it was this whole story yeah. that she made up around it. And it seemed to me that it wasn't necessarily the environment at the work that was really holding her back or preventing her from communicating. It was her own thing from 
way back how she was raised, all the things she's done. And so that personal responsibility, I think as a good leader, you're going to invest in your team, like you're doing to give them these exposures and to give them these opportunities to say, okay, how can I show up and own where I'm at? Yeah. You know, and I think that with leadership, if you have a leader going in a position because of their seniority (laughs) and they don't know how to lead, they're just, they're going to show up and they're not even thinking about their team. They're kind of just like, how do I hold this position? How do I stay here? And how do I do the A, B, and C? You know, even if they're given, you know, opportunities to have conversations with other managers or leaders and given the freedom and the autonomy to be able to speak and express themselves, it's also breaking barriers and breaking habits from a lifetime of habit building. Yeah. So like, I probably know who you're talking about. I can like envision and that person, even if she's been given opportunities to come and communicate and there's still that resistance to communicate based on whatever it is that has happened in her life. Mm -hmm. That part is the fascinating part to me because Mm -hmm. it does come down to not only being vulnerable and being open to feedback and receiving feedback, but also like having um, creating space, I think for team members to feel comfortable to communicate on a regular basis, like you're doing, which I think is phenomenal that you meet with your team members once a month to just give them that open dialogue and time to communicate. That's what I was about to say. How do you structure it to make it formal? Because a lot of times we do a lot of things in form. So the employee just saying that, right? Well, there was a lot of things going on. Well, that means there's no structure there Mm -hmm. where I get a chance tomorrow or next week to just express what you know, yeah. I'm going through or what I need or what I'm requesting. So we don't allow ourselves to structure systematically how to build that safe space. We mm-hmm. automatically feel that if we're going to be nice to the employee, we assume that that's enough, mm-hmm. right? So that secret going back to the truth, it's a whole process. It's really, it takes time. Relationships take time, quality time. Mm-hmm. And if we systematically create that space for them, and we also remind them, this is what where we as leaders fail a lot. We go straight into asking questions. you got to understand that there's sometimes they're, they're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to they're gonna tell you what they think you want to hear. So how do you break through those barriers? Because people are going to show up different with people differently. I'm going to show up in front of Anna Marie, maybe confident. Because she's showing me physiology and she's showing me, you know, by making comments like, hey, you know what you're talking about, Sam. Wow. She's going to now increase my confidence and I'm going to show up 100 percent for her. And mirror that kind of in a sense, you mirror that as well. And I think that, too, there's this fear, you know, old school mindset of like this is a supervisor and I am an employee and there's this angsty fear with talking to somebody Mm -hmm. sometimes that is in a position of leadership and especially if we're factoring in age yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and that yeah and that perception can come from anywhere yeah that employee might say oh that that's an employee I'm an employee what do I know I don't have any power that could come from the house yeah a parent old school could just tell and feed this this individual Hey, don't be talking back. Don't express, don't get, you know, don't get too brave because you Mm -hmm. might lose your job. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'm, that's the authority. That's my dad <laughs> telling me that. So I'm going to believe it. Yeah. And I think too, like making, if something's important to you, this is for anyone, no matter what position you're in, in your life, in a relationship, if it is truly important to you, then you need to make it a priority and make it serious. So what I mean by that is if you want to talk to, you know, whoever is your boss or whatnot, instead of in passing, bringing up the very thing that's bothering you, right? Like for you, you're at the restaurant and it's like lunch hour and it's like everything is rushing. And then someone throws something at you that needs a deeper, serious conversation. You know, that is, you know, something that I think for all of us, we need to remember that we shouldn't do that. If it's really important to us, we need to say, Hey, I need to make an appointment with you. Can we schedule a time, blah, 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 at this time, this date, whatnot. And that's one of the reasons like with my team, the system that we have in play once a month is just, that's just minimum. They can book on my schedule at any time for whatever. If it's, if they want to do a scan, if they're having a health issue, if they just want to talk, if it's, you know, something like I have one gal that um, is working on getting accepted into graduate school and, you know, I'm like her biggest cheerleader and I've watched her grown throughout this whole thing. Yeah, she's going to leave and I'm sad about that, but, you know, she knows she can come and she can talk to me and, you know, I'll give her encouragement, mm-hmm. and, you know, different things like that. So yeah. for anyone listening, if there is something that is like seriously bothering you and you need to talk to someone about this, this may be even your spouse, set up a date set up, Hey, let's go eat. I have something I want to talk to you about. Let's do Tuesday at six o'clock, like give its parameters, because that I think is really important. If it is, if it's that important to you, because then the other person is showing up and they're present with you versus they've got 50 million other things going on. And I think that that is also a new age concept because when, if we were to study like business development and like the structure of running a business and just take like a mechanic shop, say. So somebody is a mechanic, they become an owner of a mechanic shop, then they get busy, they decide to hire more mechanics to run their mechanic shop, and then they end up meeting a secretary or a person, an administrative assistant to come in and help facilitate their appointments and whatnot. Before you know it, they have a team of like 15 people and they were a mechanic. So they started off with a, with a skill set and then they developed that skill set and developed a business and created a job for themselves and a job for others. So with that in play, that person now gets to have like some kind of insight into how to manage people, how to manage relationships, how to manage the relationships with their customers, with their team. And like all of that isn't part of like original, the original like structure of running a business. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like that came from like, a skill set like one person had a it's skill. literally the side effect of yeah of the effect of everything of growing yeah but here's a question how do you validate your management skills is good is right on point to what results you want to see in in your environment culture you want to build how do you validate that as a leader as a leader i mean for myself it's and then i'll tell you mine yeah <laughs> I mean, for myself, it's one, it's getting feedback from my team all the time. Like, you know, that is first and foremost. And feedback looks a lot different in a lot of ways, right? Feedback is them showing up to work early. Feedback is them doing extra things. Feedback is them just, you know, I can tell by how they fill out the sheet. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell by which employees are really 
truly thrilled and feel like it's an honor to work here. It's not a right to work here. And that culture is what we have right now going on here, which is like, gosh, I'm like so grateful for that, you know? And so, but yeah, I think a hundred percent, it's the feedback that you're getting from your staff. Yeah, no, for me, that's exactly how I validate whether I'm doing a good job as a manager or a supervisor. I call it the movie concept. Okay. You have maybe 10 employees and they're all directors. They have an assumption of how they see you, (laughs) Heather, how you should be as a owner, right? How you should conduct yourself as a leader. But how do we know whether you're fulfilling the director's, you know, expectations? So you have 10 employees having 10 different perspectives of how a supervisor or owner needs to carry themselves, right? Isn't that something that, you know, you could visualize that everybody sees things different. Maybe their parents were supervisors and they would hear how a supervisor is supposed to be. And that's how they feel, you know, Anna Marie should be, right? Mm -hmm. When she walks in, she should say good morning. But maybe she doesn't say good morning. I don't know. But we all are failing and not meeting our employees' expectations constantly, even if we don't know that. So if we just consciously say, I'm failing my employee, even though we don't see it, we don't Mm -hmm. feel it, but we have to say it and remind ourselves that we are so we can intentionally go and find the truth. And on our next one-on-one, we can ask, what is something that you don't like that I do? Well, yeah, I love that. And I think also knowing your own like weaknesses and sharing your weaknesses with your team and most leaders and most managers don't do that. So one of the things that I'm a very direct communicator. So like I have a couple of new girls that are new and I'm like, okay, I'm going to share something about myself that is a strength of mine. And it's a huge weakness of mine. And that is, you know, like, for example, I've laughed about this before. Like I'll go to send someone a text message and I'm like straight to the point, like blah, blah, blah. And then I have to literally go back and type in good morning, <laughs> like, or how are you today? And then the before thing, you send it, yes, because I'm yeah. like, get, I'm like, get to the point, right? That's like right. I care get about people. Like, yes. So with my, with my team, I'm one of the things like, this is a past employee. Actually, I'll give an example. So I always tell them I'm a very direct communicator, but I'm in my head a lot. So sometimes if I'm like not talking or whatever, I'm usually like analyzing things in my head. Um, But I had this one employee that we were talking and I'm like, how can I support you more? And, you know, and it came up, she's just like, well, you don't always say bye when you leave. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. And I said, okay. And I said, I, I like, okay, I see that that's important to you. And I said, let me share with you my perception of it. Sometimes when you're with a client, the reason I'm not always saying bye is because I can't start up another conversation because I have to pick my kids up in six minutes. And so if I go and I come back up to the front and there's like two new clients there and not that I don't want to have a conversation with them, but I don't have the space and the capacity and the time in that moment. So I just, I just leave out the back because that i I have to pick up my kids. Like I'm choosing to pick up my kids over having a conversation, (laughs) you know? So, so she was like, Oh, like it never registered in her brain and that's okay. Right. She was just thinking, gosh, she just left. And I'm thinking, wow, that's interesting. Cause I would just assume that she knows that I've got to go get my kids. So we should never assume, right. You closed her assumption. Yeah. 
right? And yeah. that's the biggest thing <laughs> of recognizing that everybody does have an assumption about us as mm -hmm. leaders. So how do we structure it where we are formally having the opportunity to bring in facts so we can close everybody's assumption? Yeah. And taking that information and like growing from that as well. So like, okay, so now you have made been made aware that she would like to be said bye to. So like, what can you do moving forward? She's a former employee. If she was a, yeah. a present employee, what could you do? What could you do that might look a little different? Like, can you send a text? Can you like, you know, can you? Well, like, it was just really just clearing it up that, Hey, like when I'm on my last client and it's like two fifty. I, my kids have to be picked up by three o'clock every day. So if I'm here till two fifty two, or whatnot, you know, when I'm running out the back and that so, was enough. For you. Yeah. Yeah. And then other times, like my husband, for example, I'm like, anytime I send you a text, picture me smiling when I send the text, <laughs> right? Because that's a good, that's a good one. like, yeah. like what's yeah. for dinner. Yeah. It's not like what's for dinner. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. With emojis, I feel like emojis really help right now too. They do help. So I, I'm using more emojis. Yeah. I try to use more emojis, but yeah, but like previous me wasn't using the emojis and, you know, and then if I'm voice texting in my oh, car, yeah. there's maybe, no emojis. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should record it, right? You have the option. Oh yeah. Just... If they have an yeah. iPhone. Yeah. If yeah. But if they have an Android, it doesn't. I have a question for you guys. This is a little Oh, it's similar and different. So I feel like noticing what people need and communicating around what their needs are and just opening up that line of communication is one strength that can be brought to running a business and managing people. Something that I've noticed is a little strange in my profession. Just this weekend today, I came across was thanking team members for doing things. So I was on the phone earlier. We had a meal and I called, I came from an interview and I called my, the restaurant and I said, Hey, how are you guys doing? And the person that answered the phone was like, we're good. And I'm like, you know, every time I ask you that, you tell me the same thing. And he was like, yeah, cause we're good. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to know if you're not good though? Like, are you really going to tell me if you're not good? And he was like, Heather, I'm like, I just want to make sure that you know, that I know that like you're con consistently telling me that things are fine. And if it's not okay, like I want you to know that there's an open line of communication here. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for a meal. I wanted to see if you were busy and I would love for somebody to deliver it to a business down the street. Happy you. And he's like, yeah, I can do that for you. What do you want? I tell him. And so at the end, I say, thanks. I say, thank you. And he's like, mm -hmm. and this is normal. Like, so this happens often where I say thank you because I'm grateful. And the other person, especially the person that was looking for more money, this would happen with her often as well where it was it created like an awkwardness because thanking them for something that is like part of their job, I guess. But see, but that's you just haven't respected, is. you haven't respected or came to a realization that that is them. Yeah, that's and that's where is. you're getting disappointed because you're expecting this right? is, with others, this is who you would be. Not just yeah. one person. Like I've noticed this with like a few people. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I got to remind, okay, this is something you said to me like a while ago. So I think I was talking or I was like, thank you. And I was like talking to my employees. I'm like, thank you so much. And blah, blah, blah. And you said to me something along the lines of like, I don't know if you said you heard it from like some guru or something, but you really shouldn't thank your employees for doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I was like, my brain, like I couldn't comprehend that because I am like 
usually over the top, like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like you did such a great job, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, and I was like, that's always stuck with me that you said that to me. And I'm like, that's really interesting. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. So, and now like, I know that you thank your people and you've invested them and tell them like, how, you know, that they're doing a great job or these are the things they need to work on or blah, blah, blah. You know, if anything, I probably lack in the sense of things that they could do better. I probably could be a little bit more like boom with them on that. And like, Hey, like, you know, I kind of like, I'm, I'm pretty lenient, you know, so that's where I need to work on some things. Yeah. But... So we had this conversation with Jamie, my wife, and some of the things that we all as leaders have to consider is indicators that tell us whether we're winning or not, mm-hmm. whether we're doing our job or not. And that's something that we don't do so much within a, a workspace. So instead of telling an employee, can you take the trash out? It's like, hey, I noticed that the trash wasn't taken out. Is everything okay? Are you guys behind or what's going on, right? But it's just an example of just making sure that we all know when we're just like maybe a six out of 10 in, mm-hmm. in actually doing our job right. And I had this conversation with my sister too. I said, so from one to 10, 10 being you're on it, where are you at? I'm a stick. Yeah, I think right? we're all a six. We can all get better. I, I didn't get to a 10, right? And so she tells me, but that's something that I think I encourage, you know, anyone, any business owner to really ask yourself without having to tell your employee that they are doing well or not, what are the indicators that you've provided for them to let them know that they're falling behind or they're screwing up or they just, you know, they're just not able to do their job. I feel like my girls just know, like they take a lot of personal responsibility. I feel like they just like, they know when like things are falling behind and whatnot. it, It could be right. But once you have that employee that comes in, that is fresh yeah green doesn't even know yeah they're gonna stand there and wait for somebody to give them their direction direction or instructions yeah Yeah, like the the trash can we're doing a new thing with the trash can and one of my employees i was like hey did you know that blah 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 about the trash can (laughs) and she was like oh no and the other employee was like oh she's just not doing it and i'm like well let me just ask yeah and it was like you asked the question it's like oh no she just didn't know now she knows great now we haven't had that problem in three weeks it's like everything's fine (laughs) just like taking the emotion out of that too i feel like it's something that i've really had to like intentionally work on because i noticed yes Mm because i noticed in my space and with the intensity of a space with a restaurant there's like and you too when you guys get busy there's a flow of work and finding a way to remove emotion taking note of the things that I notice without bringing them up in that time. So it doesn't mm-hmm. in- stimulate or like, and in- like intensify the situation has yeah. been something that would give been... them more emotion. But yeah. That's, but that's so interesting. How do you remove emotion? Well, well and the reason I say that is because, okay, for example, yeah. this is terrible. Just and so then, our colors, yeah. our, our listeners. So taking the story had, out of it is removing the emotion. We had, right. So we had lobster, we were doing this lobster special and we bought like thousands of dollars worth of lobster. And we have a person in the kitchen that was new and worked in fine dining. And I thought, okay, uh, we're going to do this special. This is what we're going to get. We're going to get lobster that is more expensive than we normally would get because we 
since COVID, we weren't able to source from the place that we were sourcing from. So it was like three times the cost and lobster's already expensive. And so I asked him, have you handled lobster before? This person said, yes. Have you handled fish before? Yes. Well, lo and behold, we ended up having to throw away like $800 or $900 worth of lobster because it wasn't held the way that it was supposed to be held. And in that moment, like I wanted to be like, hey, are you a dumbass? Feel bad? <laughs> like, are you sorry for this? Because like there wasn't, I didn't feel a sense of like, there wasn't an apology. There wasn't like any like yeah. conversation around like hey or accountability, and that to me was like okay. Like, I took that situation and I responded with questions, and those I already kind of knew the answer to the questions, and I still asked the questions with the intention of like coming to some kind of middle ground. And it didn't really get there. And so it was challenging for me to not be emotional mm -hmm. because I was offended. It cost me money and I was irritated. And at the same time, like I tried That's to maintain meaning. like a relationship with that person. And still to this day, I like, it's kind of like in there where I am not yeah. like, I'm a little like irritated still by it because there was never any like clearing of the air. Like, Hey, I totally messed that up. Or like, based on this, I didn't do this or something like there's so much to impact right there. Yeah, there is. So why you got to ask yourself, why wasn't this individual safe enough to say no to you when you came up to them? Right. Why did they feel so like maybe, you know, they didn't want to disappoint you. It could be so many things. Right. I'm not going to even guess. But there's a reason why they didn't say no. And your emotions, right, because of the story creating the meaning behind it, that, you know, you're you, once you hit your emotion, it's already you're in reactive mode. The only way you could change your emotion, I'm going to tell you guys this, is going back to the meaning. If you could change the meaning, you could change your emotion. So let's break it down. So yes. like the, the meaning that I created there was that this person didn't like value my time, my finance, my like contribution to the business enough to like save the lobster. You know, that's the meaning I created. Like they didn't understand the weight of it enough or value the weight enough to like respect that. Like if that was a thousand dollars of their money, would that have happened? So I created this like connection through finance out of loss and fear yeah. and like yeah. me being fearful of not like making money off of something that I plan to make money off of. Mm -hmm. That's my meaning that I created. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to create everything else right? You, you can't even, you still have something, right? You still have it. You get triggered. So you can even go back in the past and change the meaning and give it something else. I mean, an example is, well, you know what, maybe, you know, he's just afraid to disappoint me and I just got to figure out really his capabilities and maybe ask more questions in regards to, okay, well, can you take me through your process on how to handle this lobster? And that's what I ended right? up doing. I just had to like remove myself from the situation first. So it happened. What happened was the lobster ended up defrosting in the refrigerator for longer than it should have. So it defrosted and then it sat there for like a day. So usually when you defrost lobster or any kind of fish, the water that comes out of the, from the defrosting process, it gets to be cooked like within a really short period of time or else it ends up absorbing like salt water into the meat. It's like marinating it in salt water. And that's how oftentimes fish ends up tasting fishy because it wasn't cooked mm. fast enough. So it didn't like go bad. It wasn't rotten. It wasn't going to make anybody yeah. sick. It was just yeah. the quality of the product 
changes. Yeah. And so I explained that to this person and I like awaited a couple of days. And then <laughs> then I like a, a journaled on like what showed up for me. And then I wrote down like what how I'd like to address it moving forward. And then I had a conversation with this person. And what did you find out? What, what that did you discover? That they, they didn't really understand that part of it and that that they weren't familiar with handling that kind of product in the same way that I am familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that their confidence level, I find this to be true with lots of different people across the board with different cultures specifically too. Oftentimes people will tell me yes, it with, con- with construction, with kitchen related things, with like cultural things. If there's a language barrier, people will say yes when they don't really understand sometimes mm. in my experiences yeah. in life. And it's really, it comes down to, they think, or maybe in their minds, they've told themselves that it's easier to say yes. And ultimately end up, it ends up kind of like backfiring because it, both people needs aren't being met. Let me break down from what, from my experience, as far as how we get to the emotion state, right? So something happens and you guys have probably heard this before, right? Something happens and then you give a a meaning towards it, right? But from what happens to the meaning or what happens to the story, I think if you would look at it as a process, as something is happening, thoughts are coming through your mind, right? Subconsciously and consciously. And you architect what? A story Mm -hmm. that creates a meaning, that creates the emotion, right? Financially, it's a loss. Why didn't you tell me, et cetera, right? As you are in that current state, I encourage everybody to catch it, listen to it, and change your thoughts. Bring in more conscious thoughts to overpower the subconscious thought. And eventually what happens is your subconscious thoughts won't show up no more. Give me an example. Like so So, in that situation, like so then it cost me even more because then they've tossed it to me (laughs) as if it was normal, cooked it, prepared it like chopped up all the other ingredients, made it, and there was a finished product involved. And that's when I learned that it was like mishandled because then I tasted it and I was like, this needs to go in the trash. Is he the only one in the process of storing and keeping everything? That person in particular was the only person. Everything in charge. Yeah, that person. Nobody else. Was that person. So like my thoughts right now, this is what I do now with things. Hey, you got emotional, you got upset, all that, and now you just let it go. Oh, no, I wasn't. There was no <laughs> upset. Like, that was the best part for me because that, that showed growth for me. Yeah. In the past, I would have asked questions that would have, like, made that person feel like, like they did something aggressive. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have done it because I would have already known the answer and I would have wanted them to realize that they messed up. Yeah. And so I didn't do that this time and I felt good about it. And I also gave myself a cooling down period. So I felt Mm -hmm. good about that. Yeah, that's great. I wasn't as emotional as I would normally be. And it still did trigger me. And there was a story affiliated with it. And I don't even remember why we were talking about this now that I'm I'm trying to like pull it back to like the original. What were we, how did we start on this subject? The emotions and the meanings that we're giving things. And leading from an emotional standpoint, like having an ability to take out the emotion. And you said, oh, why would you want to take the emotion out? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the emotions are literally what screws a lot of us up. I was doing a coaching call with a guy. It was like our first session, actually. And the thing that came up was that his father 
didn't go to his graduation, doesn't go to his kid's graduation, doesn't go to their things, and he'd rather stay home and watch soccer. And he made a whole story up around it about how they're not as they're not important as soccer and that um, he hasn't been there for that, like this whole blah, blah, blah. And so we did this thing where it's like, okay, that's your story. And then I said, let's just bottom line what's happening. And so you had a graduation, your child had a graduation, your father didn't come. That's it. Like, that's literally it. And so when he said it versus the story, and then he just bullet it, he's like, oh my God, I feel like so much lighter. And then we took it a step further to, okay, well, let's ponder what's going on with your dad. And then we laughed because we can't assume what's going on with your dad. And so he actually, he was like, gonna go talk to his dad and just use the I statements. And he ended up talking to his dad. And in our second coaching call, he shared that he just talked to his dad. And one, he said he felt lighter all week long. Then he had his session or the session, his like time with his dad. It was just like, Hey, like this really bothered me. And it still bothers me that, you know, this, this happened. And, you know, and he just shared like how he was feeling. Cause the conclusion really that he came up with out of all of this is like, his dad just, that's how his dad was. <laughs> he didn't, right? know, any different. He didn't yeah. know any different. And he didn't realize how important it was to his son because the mm-hmm. other question to the son was, have you ever told him how important this is to you? Mm-hmm. Have you ever told him how important this is to your kid? And actually we shouldn't even ask how important it was to the kid because again, it's him. So it was important for him to go to his graduation. It was important for him to go to his kid's graduation. Mm-hmm. And we were, and then we ended up being able to laugh about it. Well, he ended up being able to laugh about it because it was so much story and emotion around it. And that's something that I've been working on through and through. And it has helped me immensely, yeah, immensely because I have control issues. I like will get passionate about things. I get emotional. And then I have to like, just taking the time to focus on changing your story. Yeah, Are you guys okay with changing your story? Because you mentioned that you, you accepted this is, this is, yeah, you just bought them like that. So would you agree that you're saying that whatever you architect or what you come up with Mm -hmm. is it? Well, it changes when you bottom line it, right? Because your story encompasses all the emotions. Right. And so when you take the emotions out of, because the story is very big, right? What happened is very big when you have the emotions. And then when you go and you bottom line it, and it's just what happened. And what do you mean by bottom line? So, yeah, yeah. So it's like, there's like the whole story that he created around why his dad won't go to the graduation, how his dad's feeling, yeah. and things aren't important and all that. Well, that's his story. Right. That's his total story. Yeah. And really what happened was he invited his dad to something and he didn't go. Like fact Period. meaning. That's fact meaning. Like fact yeah. and meaning. Like this is what happened. He didn't, the graduation was happening. He didn't go. And then there's a meaning that was affiliated to that fact that he assigned. But yeah. really there's no the meaning, meaning was his story. Assumption. The yeah. meaning to me when the I meaning. say the meaning in, in the story, the, the meaning and the story to me are like the same thing. So I guess if you bottom line it, you give up the story, and then that will essentially give it a different meaning of that's just what happened. So like you give up the story, but mm-hmm. a new story gets created, right? But it's not even a story. It's a different, it's, like, it's a shift in the meaning. The absolute, like, this is a fact. Like, what happened was there was a graduation. The person didn't go. Instead of assuming, like, in relationship building, I think this is really common, especially from a dating perspective. <laughs> I know both of you guys are married, happily married. And 
from a dating perspective, this happens all the time. If you listen to people that are single, or even if, if you have friends that are single, this happened and this okay. happened and this happened. And like, I think this person's thinking this. Well, we don't really know what okay, that person's thinking. This is thinking. what married people too have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it doesn't stop, right? All relationships, but, uh, all, really, all relationships. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I really want to break this down. So this story, right? It does get replaced with another story. Like if you look at it systematically, right? The story generates the meaning, right? So if you remove, right, the story, like mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I know it's a story I created. Yeah. Let me let me acknowledge that. Let me throw it to the side. And then on top of it, he meets with his dad and gets more facts. Mm -hmm. Now that creates what? A new, new story. thoughts consciously a new story right yeah. so you can you take that? the time to to generate that new story and That's like right. reassess and reassign it so mm -hmm. like the story that he could tell himself after the graduation could be yes. my dad didn't know how to show up my dad wasn't raised think it was important by a dad that yeah. had modeled being a father in a way that I would like would like for my father to be and I get to communicate more with my dad that can be the new story yeah for him Right. And and that's why I, I feel like, can you imagine if we teach others, if yeah. we teach everybody that they have the power to change their story, mm -hmm. which causes a new meaning that will change your emotion to being sad, frustrated to kind of, okay, yeah. calm. Yeah. You see that? Which is the that, power that's... of education. I mean, taking the time to, instead of jump to conclusions, to assume, to like process information and just going to the source mm -hmm. and communicating with people one-on-one -on -one, I feel like that is a dying art yeah in our society yeah it happens so fast once you're emotional it, it already passed you created the story right mm -hmm. thoughts came through created a story created a meaning and you're emotional that's it right how fast is that so imagine if if you can recognize that real you know presently and say huh wow so pissed off well why am I pissed off right and then you start validating the story and saying ah well you know I, I don't think you know my dad probably you know thinks it's that important to me I, I didn't even ask him or I even I didn't even invite him maybe properly there's so many times that within family right mm -hmm. somebody has a rule of well I'm not gonna go because they didn't invite me but you know so and so told me to tell you but now or it's they just, just assume, on him to you know call me you know up. you're invited yeah so there's so many rules that we all have and it's built up over time. And I think in family dynamics, there's so, from a relationship standpoint, people, you know, when I was five, this happened. When I was eight, this happened. When, like there's keeping score yeah. as well. And so pile that into that relationship. Yeah. When I, when I catch myself in the already always knowing mm -hmm. type of thing, I laugh at myself and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing that thing again. Like that's my little that's my little thing I tell myself the and I don't, I don't judge yeah. myself. I don't like, I'm just like, okay, I'm doing that thing again, you know? And I just, I have to like literally laugh because I'm like such a yeah, control person. But yeah. that means that's working out for me mm -hmm. mentally. Right. So if, if physically you can see somebody from a distance, yeah, this person works out or religiously they're, they're going to the gym, but there's a gym that you can go to and a, a trainer can tell you what to do for these six weeks. But for the mental aspect of things, what's our gym? That's where you got to get a right? coach. So, that's where you got to work so on your personal the, your, your cook, right? that's her gym. And I'll, yes. I'll explain that. Yeah. Because the more you go up to that person, you still have that thing. right? So now you get to work on this, 
which is changing the story, which will change the meaning, which will change your emotion. And more clarity will come into play when you have that formal conversation and share it with each other how one felt and acknowledge, hey, you know what? I get it. I understand. And it will build okay. a relationship and strengthen right. the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's right. I want to get back to that skill set. So if you wouldn't mind just like itemizing out. So how many secrets do you have? And just maybe like bullet like let's, right let's now. bullet it because we have yeah. like six minutes yeah i think we went I, I i think this was valid though to, to look at uh, one is <laughs> i think to break it down maybe further out there's there's other secrets right but just to close this out i think knowing that we assume so much about our employees knowing that our employees assume so much about us based on maybe one event or one experience. You didn't say good morning to me one day, you're an asshole, right? Instead of, you know, thinking at that moment saying, well, maybe, you know, she had a bad day or maybe somebody passed away or who knows, right? Or maybe they just forgot to say goodbye. Yeah. So, so intentionally knowing that we all have assumptions, seek the truth. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is going to set us free mm-hmm. and build that relationships between each other. And that goes professionally or, you know, within our family. Take the time to have the conversation. Exactly. And have the conversation as That's quickly right. as possible. You taught me that actually, because we had a situation come up where we lost a substantial amount of employees. I was with her at the time and she was like, did you call them? And I was like, under the impression that like, I wanted to honor people's decisions and I I was in that mindset versus, well, let me get to the bottom of why they want to leave. In that moment, I was more thinking, well, I don't want to be disrespectful and like push back. And I figured out, you know, it doesn't have to look like that either. It can look like, hey, I care about you because I do. And I want to open up a line of communication with you, even though this is a little maybe uncomfortable for you, because I found that conversation isn't comfortable for everybody. That's right. It takes time too for somebody to feel comfortable with you, right? And so the truth for your individuals, right, that that you're leading, but also seek your truth. The truth that how do you lead? How do you communicate? What do you suck at? What could you be better at? What makes them so annoyed about when you do this or that? Seek it. Don't be afraid of it. Have that informal and and make sure that we create that settings that you are working on yourself. So when you tell your employees, I am trying to work on myself and I know I can't see everything that I do because subconsciously, you know, I'm running, you know, as on autopilot. So I need the people around me to let me know how I can be better. And then you go into those questions. Mm -hmm. How can I be better? How can I be a better boss? What do I do that that you hate that I do? And I want you to tell me, I want you to be open with me. And that's how we could start now molding ourselves to be a better supervisor, manager, owner for that individual only. Mm -hmm. See, we can't do it in a group setting. I've tried it for 20 plus years. It's one-on-one and magic happens when you're in it. When you're having that conversation with that employee and you feel it after a couple of weeks, a couple of months, I mean, it's just day and night. And I think, too, the other thing with a good leader is a good leader is not going to make everyone comfortable. And a good leader is not going to make you feel comfortable all the time. And I think as individuals, we need to look at that. It's like, you know, you think of any coach you've ever had or any teacher, 
they've bothered you, they've rubbed you the wrong way, but they've always had this high expectation and high standard of you to allow you to rise to the occasion. And so I think that when in terms of leadership and being someone that is led and being someone that is a leader, that we remember that it is vital that we have uncomfortable times. It is vital that they set the bar high and really check in with ourselves of the conversation we're having with ourselves. If we are resisting Mm. that bar that is set high for us, because that's the other piece that I think in this, in this timeframe, um, in this generation as well with the younger population, one, I'm not here to be your friend. And two, I'm not here to make you comfortable all the time. And that is communicated I communicate that with my team, right? And I'm not saying it because I, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like I'm going to get you. No, because I see so much potential in you. And so just know there's going to be uncomfortable moments. And everyone I hire, I always tell them, like, this is an honor to, to have this job. And it's also an honor that I feel that I can hire you and trust you in this position. So there it's like goes both ways there, mm-hmm. but just know there's going to be, there is going to be uncomfortable times and there is going to be, I have high standards and I'm going to expect things out of you. And sometimes you're going to think, how am I supposed to learn all this in this time? And you yeah. just watch, you're going to do it, yeah. you know? So I think, I think that's another point that, you know, to the listeners and all of us, we need to be reminded of too, because, you know, that it's almost like that tough love, if you will. But, um, but you know, you got to massage it depending on who's in front of you. And, you know, because everyone's love language is a little different. Well, and having those conversations, I mean, something I learned recently is through those conversations and giving people space to be able to communicate whatever it is that is on their mind, it is showing a sign of care, you know, mm-hmm. like, by them, by us being able to say, hey, I'm maybe I am hard on you sometimes and maybe I do have high expectations and I, that's me caring. Like I care. And the reason that I'm telling you these things is because I want you to grow and I care about your future and I'm invested in you and I'm invested in you on a multitude of levels. And predominantly, I want to see you succeed. Like I want the best for you. Mm-hmm. And you're a part of our space and our team because I see that. I see that you have value. And if I didn't see value in you, then I wouldn't tell you the things. I wouldn't share some of the things with you because I wouldn't think that you maybe were open to growing. And Mm -hmm. if I am coming to you and having conversations with you and and pointing out things and giving you feedback, then I I do. That's my way of showing that I care. And, And I think for me, being open to receiving that feedback on a more regular basis is something that I've been working on. It's not something that I've always practiced in my life and it wasn't always modeled for me. And so I feel like that's perfect. That's how we study ourselves. Yeah. I think too, one other last thing being a parent that never leaves me is I have to check myself also because as a parent, I want to do things for my kids to make their life easier. And in a position of having employees now Mm. over the last five years, it's made me realize that I need to not make my kids life so comfortable. And because if I have a high expectation from an employee, I should have a high expectation of my children and I'm not doing the work for my employees. I shouldn't do the work for my children, but how are you supposed to have an employee that 
you have a high expectation for, and they don't take that as you're being mean to me, right? Like, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, like, if you want your kids to have the ability and the know-how to problem solve, to figure things yeah. out, to do the work themselves and like yes. give them that space and freedom to like, like, okay, this is the problem I have. Not yes. just go to you or your, your husband yeah. and have it solved. Cause that creates developmental skills that they are, that is super yeah. imperative for them as well. Yeah. So I think I'm just saying this because, you know, I think that there's a lot of parenting. I mean, there's no, by the way, there's no right way to parent. Like, I don't think there's a perfect way to parent, but there is a wrong way to parent and the wrong way to parent is to do everything for your kids where they can't critical think and they can't, you know, do those things. And we, it's important to make them feel uncomfortable. You and know? Yeah, the way like you mindful. structure it here, the way you structure how you intentionally have your employees go through that growth, mm-hmm. that uncomfortableness, mm-hmm. that's the same structure that will help in a household yeah. too, right? With your yeah. kids, from what I'm hearing, it, yeah. that's yeah. important. There was a study done that with kids that they had two sets of kids, the kids that were told they were so smart, so smart, so smart. And then there were kids that were just encouraged and said, you're working so hard, keep working hard. I see your hard work. Ultimately, the result of the study was the kids that were told they were so smart, like had the lower self-esteem and didn't do as well versus the kids that maybe their IQ wasn't where the kids that were so smart, their IQ wasn't where theirs are at, but they actually achieved more and were more successful because they were recognizing their hard work and they weren't like, they weren't comfortable. That is an infinite journey with, with just, you know, just working hard versus Someone saying that I'm smart all the time and all of a sudden you go out in the real world and the real world punches you <laughs> yeah. in the mouth and then you're like, oh shit, I'm not smart. And yeah, that, yeah. that's, that's yeah. exactly what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's like breaking that comfort zone too, yeah. you know, like having the ability to say I can do better and I'm not exactly, and, and finding the balance between like, where do you draw that line? You know, like creating that opportunity for people to want to grow and have drive and still showing somebody that, you're enough, you're enough and you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be some kind of a balance. And the way people feel enough and the way people realize they're amazing is through their self-accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You are not going to have self-esteem if somebody else is doing it for you all the time. Right. right. So that's something to consider yep. when you're parenting. Yes. Right. Well, you guys got one secret out of me. I know. I know. We so, keep talking. Okay. okay. Let's talk. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. You bullet the other well, secret. We break it down. Back. We'll come back another day. Yeah, we right? can come back. Yeah, we got one. Break it down. And we can cut this. Like, if you have the time to tell us the secrets, then we can divide this into two segments if we had to. We had to, yeah. Yeah. What The secrets? Yeah. So the first one, right, we got... So there's there's a few of them. That's why I feel like, you know... All we right, can bullet them for one. us. Yeah, let's... Okay, so... Oh, you want to end with one? Like, well, I think, I think one, you know... All right. I think everybody understands, right? Seek the truth. Yeah. Along with seeking the the truth of of each other and knowing that we show up differently for each other every single time. So each employee is going to show up different, right? Based on how you interact with them, how you build their confidence, the comments you tell them and so on. So making sure that you recognize that helps them show up 100 percent. if they, if they feel that they think they're dumb in front of you guys they're never gonna surpass that barrier they're always gonna think they're dumb when they're around you 
So we have to kind of get that, you know, assumption out of their minds. So they, yeah, we got to, we have to build their confidence. It's sometimes it feels weird building their confidence when they're not there yet, but they won't give that hundred percent. They'll always doubt themselves and we're human. We're always going to do that. There's always that person that you just can't stand bad energy. They don't think you're smart or they probably think that you shouldn't be where you're, where you, where you're supposed to be at. So you don't show up the same way with that person. If you would show up with someone that gives you all the confidence in the world, you know, those conversations where you feel like, man, I said everything right. Everything went smooth. I got my point across and everything. No problem, because that person makes you feel a certain way. So imagine if you realize that if you make this employee feel a certain way, they're going to show up 10 times full. Mm -hmm. And that's another, you know, secret that's important. And then other secrets, right, that that I shared at this workshop is really understanding you need a coach, right? We were talking about this. Who's my coach? Well, mm -hmm. I go around and I look for YouTubes and mentors and, you know, audibles and all that stuff. It doesn't matter where you find these mentors and coaches, but you have to have these coaches. That's the only way you're going to be able to, you know, increase your awareness of understanding. I, I encourage everybody to go look at and see the exit sign. At the exit sign, you see it every day because, you know, something that you have to have within a building and between the E and the X, there's a house on its side. Have you guys ever seen it? No. No? Okay. So <laughs> yeah. until we point things out to our employees, how we like our settings, taking out the trash or making sure that you're always, you know, observing that if somebody needs to check out or have more questions or whatever the case may be, point things out. And letting your employees know that it's okay that I'm going to point things out to you because it's very important. Because once I point it out to you, I'm actually creating those neurons that you're always going to remember. So when you're observing your workspace, you know exactly what Anna Marie wants, what Heather wants, because you're pointing it out. That's training the eye. And if we don't do that constantly, they're never going to see what you guys see. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we fail as leaders. Give an example of that. So I, in the food industry, you walk your lines and, you know, certain things need to be a certain way in regards to food safety. So when you walk your lines, you walk your lines with your, your leaders, your supervisors or team leads, and you start pointing things out, right? So then eventually you come out and I, you know, I'm coming out and I'm asking my supervisors, are you guys ready to do the walkthrough? Before I even walk the line, they're already seen what I'm already looking at because I've been mm -hmm. pointing these things out so now you've increased what their awareness mm -hmm. instead of you know telling somebody hey do this hey do that hey do that that you're going to be part of the system forever yeah. you can't be part of the system you have to create awareness with all your employees what the expectations are and you have to point things out and you ask have to them questions when you point it out Right. That's what you're saying. And like, yeah. when you point something out, we're not just saying do this or that it's ask a question about the thing that you're going to point out. Well, like when I walk the line, I walk in the kitchen. This is what happens to me every day. I go to work. I walk in the kitchen and I'm like looking at the ground to see if it's dirty. I'm looking at the mats to make sure yourself that... or, or with someone. So I've never taken a person with me on this journey. I walk in to them being in flow. 
And so when I walk in, they're already in operation, like in flow. And so I see things and like, are the mats folded on the edge? Like, is somebody going to trip? Like what's possible if you teach them these things? So, and I teach them these things. And one of the things that I teach them is these are the things that I'm looking for. And so I think it's a great point. What you just brought up is maybe scheduling it for like two weeks or something to where there's an extra person on or something. Cause I don't want to pull them from what they're doing. I think that's the challenge too. Like when I'm walking in, it's already like too late. Before, before you open up would be yeah something, you know, that you can do because I, I get that you, they're in motion. You don't want to draw pain to yeah. getting pulled away from what they're doing. And even if I do it myself, it still causes tension. Yeah. Because they know what you're doing. And what if you just, instead of you going through and pointing things out to them, and you say, hey, we're going to do a walk through five minutes before work. And I want you to share with me what you see. I want to see it through your eyes. Yeah. Right. So you're giving them the opportunity to be like, oh, she wants to see it through my eyes. Okay. Like whatever, you know, I think like scheduling an extra person would probably be the best bet because they don't get to that point before we open. Mm-hmm. Like before we open, everything's fine. They put it where it's supposed to be. There's things in place. It's as the flow is going on, things are unfolding. Then there's boxes that start piling up. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, before you know it, yeah. like these things end up in the hallway and I'm like, oh my God, like I walk in and I see these things and then yeah. I can't leave them because then they end up on Google and like, it's stupid stuff like yeah. empty boxes like when you first walk in the door like yeah that's a pet peeve of mine and so then they yeah. feel my energy shift because then I'm like pick up the box bring them back in the kitchen and they're like they're in their way then they're like it's a system that you have to add yeah right so you have to add somebody could you be know, that person walk out of the process right just for a second and do a walkthrough yeah see if you can implement that yeah so you're saying that this is a metaphoric system though like what you're talking about, this system, the system I'm talking about is like a physical system. However, like with your secret. Yeah, this it's a is system. Like, yeah, that tells you when you next time walk your floor and you don't see too many things mm-hmm. messed up, that system is your system that you implemented is telling you that it's working. It's working. So like figuring out ways to like do the work, like almost like reverse engineer so your system sense. is not working right My now. My system is not working right now. That's that's how you verify. That's yeah. how you validate whether, and everybody has their own system. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. We don't do an inventory of systems within our workplace. Even your, your own employees create new systems that you're not even aware mm-hmm. of. But when you take it upon yourself to create the systems and bring, you know, awareness to the systems, right? And then you verify that, you're getting the results you want. That's what tells you that it's a system. One is telling you something and two, it's working. But it, the thing that I struggle with is like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, say you're two of my team members, both of you, right? And I sit down with you and I, I say, you know, from a health inspection perspective, like these are the things that I've noticed that I want to make sure that we're good because I don't want to lose points when we get inspected. The floors are the thing that I notice when I walk in, like, can you make sure that we're not sweeping the line and like throwing it on the floor? Like, is there, can the trash can go in a different place? Like, how can we make this a little bit more efficient for you? Maybe for me, I'm not getting emotional right now. You're not scaring me. So I'm going to forget. As soon as I leave my whole, you know. You have other agenda. Yeah. My whole focus is getting my job done. And what you just told me right now, maybe it's not too, you know, important for you. Right. So you got to find a way to kind of, you know, elaborate on could your restaurant close down? Could right. we lose? Could everybody lose their job because of an incident? Right. So now you're 
having them visualize like, holy crap, okay, I get it. Now they're emotional. Now that's where long-term memory kicks in. Interesting. Yeah, so creating more emotion. Okay, so that was your third secret? Second? Third? There's a lot of secrets. Be okay with looking bad. How many bosses do you see that can't even apologize? Yeah, I'm okay Okay, you got it. And sometimes, sometimes we don't, you know, we get busy again and we forget. And then I was going to talk to this employee and I was going to apologize, but then, you know, it's just got to get that, you know, done. Got to look, got to be okay with looking bad. And employees have to feel that they're, it's okay to look bad too. That's good. You know, that's how we all, you know, learn. Because if we're always pointing fingers, no, well, I thought so-and-so was going to do it or so-and-so was going to do it. There's always something someone can always do. Okay. Right. So always be okay with looking bad. And then as far as, you know, we talked about systems, right? Taking the inventory of systems. So that's another secret there. You have to take inventory. What are your systems that you currently have? And what I mean by systems is when you open for today, what do they do? They go from A, B, C, D, right? What does that look like? Is that what you want? Is that telling me that we are prepared to take on patients? We are prepared to take on clients, right? That's a system. Take inventory on all the systems based on what expectations you want. So when you walk in and you see something out of line, what do I have in place that should have caught that? Oh, wait a minute. I don't have any system. I don't have an actual daily startup checklist for my restaurant. Maybe we need to implement that. During the day, I walk in and it's a mess. Well, maybe that checklist needs to be every two hours, every hour. Who's in charge of that? Who can pull away from what they're doing and execute that inspection, right? So systems is, is important. And I think that's that's enough right now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, Sam, for joining us today. Of and course. thank you for having me. We appreciate that. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.